Yo, everybody. Welcome back to the Satsung Podcast. Today is a new day, and it is the beginning of a new series. I'm going to have all of the members of Satsung on the podcast. Um, I've had Carl on. I've had our tour manager, Greg, on. Let's get the rest of the boys on here, huh? We're starting off with the absolute backbone of the band. One of my favorite humans of all time. Definitely my favorite drummer of all time. Um, also probably my favorite joint roller of all time. Ben Teeters. Ben is a Berkeley grad, a world music aficionado and encyclopedia, and one of the sweetest human beings that's ever walked the face of this green earth. Um, yeah. I'm excited for you guys to hear from him, and it was really, really nice to just have a, a one-on-one conversation with Ben. It's uh, it's a treat, you know. We're always around each other as a whole seven-person traveling unit, so it was really cool to just have a one-on-one conversation with Ben. I love him dearly. Uh, this episode and all episodes of the Satsung Podcast are brought to you by the good folks at Onnit. If you head to Onnit.com, you use code Satsung at checkout. They're gonna give you a little discount. Um, as always, the thing I'm most excited about is the Alpha Brain Black Label. This shit will change your whole program. Um, I don't podcast without it. I don't do interviews without it. I sure as shit don't step on stage without it. Um, the improvements in word recall, cognitive function, my ability to just express all of the thoughts that are swimming around in the pool that is my brain in an effective manner. I, I, you, have to, you have to try to believe it. So head to onnit.com, check out the Alpha Brain Black Label, use code SATSUNG at checkout, get yourself a discount. Without further ado, Ben Teeters. Benjamin Teeters, welcome to the SATSUNG podcast, dude. Thank you, Andrew McManus, for having me. (laughs) Uh, Dude, I'm stoked to talk to you. I wanted to do these on the road, Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a weird tour. And I feel like when, before we leave for a tour, we're always like, oh, we're, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then you get in the flow of tour and you're like, no, I'm actually going to ride in a van and then yeah. unload gear and play a show is actually yeah. what I'm going to do. Totally. Yeah. There's a lot of other things to do, but yeah, this is great. Yeah, dude. I'm, um, I'm stoked to talk to you. You are, um, uh, so for those of you that don't know, Ben is Satsung's drummer. He's um, my favorite living drummer. He's also one of the sweetest dudes I've ever met, one of my favorite people, and probably the easiest person to travel with that I've ever traveled with. Um, Thank and, you. And five, over five years now of traveling together, I don't think, I don't think I've ever heard you complain. Like I literally can't think of a single time where I've heard you complain and be like this sucks or this is lame maybe like a passing joke about like gas station coffee but but nothing doesn't mean that things didn't suck either Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah dude i have a i have a funny memory of like we were at some taco spot um in in denver and there was literally like three customers there and like seven people behind the counter and we had been waiting like 20 minutes and I just kept like ripping on these people. And I remember you're like, well, dude, I just don't think it's going to make them go any faster. So there's that. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was like torches yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Matter of fact. Very matter of fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what I'm pumped about is like, we've had brief discussions about it, but I'm excited to kind of learn how you, how you got into music um, and what, all of the instruments like what attracted you to the drums um yeah so why don't we start there how did you how did you start playing the drums um I started playing the drums um because Jerry Teeters my father is a drummer so that's probably like the number one reason I would say you know that's my first exposure grew up with drums in the house um and Pretty much as young as I can remember, I remember playing drums and doing music in general. Um, And I just kept playing the drums, you know, I just kept playing the drums and kept learning more about it and um, playing. I had bands in high school and, um, you know, 
just just one of those things that I never stopped doing. And then once I started to really study it in college and sort of think about, oh, what do I want to do what, you know, for a career or whatever, that's what it evolved into, basically. And the more and more I've learned about it, the deeper and deeper I've went with it and sort of how it is, I guess. But yeah, I think what makes you such a good drummer and and like so creative is I feel like I was thinking about this this morning. I, I feel like even really good drummers, they kind of pull from like different textbooks, right? So like, I feel like a normal drummer, I would be like, okay, here is a song. And you and they would be like, okay, cool. I'm going to use, let me scroll through the database. Okay, we'll use rock beat number seven on this. And what's really fun about um, showing you new music, like when I write something, is I always am like, I have no idea, dude. I have no idea what he's gonna play. Cause I feel like you pull from such a different place. It's like, like Malachi, to me, that is like just the most fucking prime example of the drummer that you are. Was like, okay, hey man, here's this song that's like pretty much a bluegrass song. And like in my head, I heard like, you know, some like brush, some like classic kick brush yeah. bluegrass thing. And I came back to that, um, I came back to that, to the giant fucking barn that you guys were tracking drums in. And it was this crazy, like Afro world beat. Yeah. And it, and it made the song. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. This just went from a bluegrass song to like a fucking banger. I mean, and I sort of lean that way, I guess you could say, like I lean toward the Afro side of stuff, like, especially lately in the music that I've been playing and making, um but all that stuff is so similar sort of similar in a way like you know bluegrass and i mean so much music is so similar in terms of what it actually is happening you know what i mean you're just moving beats around a little bit and then you have bluegrass or then you have reggae or then you have i don't know like any other genre that fits in that sort of up tempo like double time thing yeah you, know, you can put anything in there I mean, dance music. So, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, in terms of the Afro stuff or whatever, all that kind of music is so complex and like has so much feeling and like sort of knowledge in it in a way, like just the relationships of the rhythms. It's like just complex stuff sort of. How did you, how did you get into that world? Cause I feel like it's such, um, you're deep, deep, deep in that stuff. Like, what, what do you think was the turning point? Like, obviously, reggae, I think that was kind of how you and I first connected was like, for me, anytime I meet someone that's like, you know, hip to, to Desmond Decker, like, if, if someone knows who that is, I'm like, okay, cool, we're probably going to be friends. And I feel like that was kind of where you and I connect, connected is like, just like being into like Prince Buster and like just all that old dirty rock yeah. shit, you know? So yeah. like, how did you get in so deep to the, to the Afro shit? What was, what was kind of the bridge there? I mean, it probably was through like reggae ska through, I was just talking about this with someone else, but like that, like as many white kids had it, like that sublime, like bridge that you're like walking over the sublime bridge to Total. like <laughs> world. You know, like that really, that was like so many kids. I feel like, like hearing sublime on the radio in the two thousands or whatever it was. And then they were doing all sorts of stuff, definitely influenced by reggae and all sorts of music, but that was, they were my bridge into like the reggae world, I guess. And then from there, you know, prime internet music, stealing time. Yep. Um, with all, you know, just how it was at that time, being in music school and whatever, um, just getting a ton of music. And then in terms of the other Afro stuff, like, you know, I was really lucky to be able to study a bunch of that, like Afro Latin and Brazilian and, um, you know, just like all different kinds of music when I was in school. Um, so that was a big, that was a huge thing. I mean, studying that kind of stuff strengthens every kind of musical like situation you're in you know what right, i mean just right. learning cross genre stuff makes your rock better if you can play jazz and your latin better if you can play pop music and all that kind of stuff you know 
but it's so true and especially the afro latin stuff too is like there's so many different styles within that umbrella of stuff so there's you can spend forever just learning brazilian music or whatever or like imbira or whatever you right. know like there's so many things that you can go so deep into and yeah man i mean the u.s has been around for a couple hundred years and there's amazing music here but like it doesn't touch like deep tradition and thousands of years yeah that kind of shit like and evolutions of whatever like people that yeah so that's yeah tell me tell me a little bit about music school like berkeley just seems like such a you know like i'm i'm so grateful like i say all of the time of like i think greg hit it on the head when it, people always ask like oh how would you describe satsung it's like i'm a singer songwriter with one of the best fucking bands ever and like i so you and you and stefan both have music degrees parker has a master's degree in music Carl went to school for music for three years. So like, I'm the only one in the band without any sort of music formal education, yeah. which like, to me, it shows. Cause like, I feel like anytime we're rehearsing, like, especially when I'm bringing new music, I always am just like, I don't know. Okay, cool. Let's see how this goes. And it's always like the first take. I'm just like, well, sick. Good job guys. You know, like tell, tell me about a deciding to go to Berkeley. Cause that's just such a like, to me, that, that would just be so intimidating, especially as like an 18-year-old player. Hmm. Like, like yeah. tell me, yeah, tell me about making that call and then kind of just what that world yeah. is like. I feel like I, I mean, it is like, it definitely can be an intimidating place because just because of the caliber of musician, like I didn't even know how good you could be, quote unquote, I guess, you know, or like the level of like mastery that you could attain playing an instrument and like teaching an instrument on mostly on like this um you know levels of the professors I guess there and seeing them play but also some of the students coming in and like it's just insane like what how good people can be at something you know what I mean even if they are like 16 and don't want their you know are just 16 right. but um you know as terms of uh, applying to, like, I only applied to three schools um, and got into Berkeley, got rejected from the other two. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think if I hadn't have got, um, if I didn't get into Berkeley, um, I don't know what I would have done, but I remember it being like, my parents were sort of okay, I think with like, well, maybe he doesn't have, you know, go to school like right now after high school or whatever, like, but and so it ended up that I did get into Berkeley um Berkeley was amazing for me I mean it really like just showed me again like the level that you could attain and once I sort of saw that I think that's what made me really want to like pursue I guess you could say and it, it seems like too you're just getting access to so much shit that you wouldn't otherwise hear like one thing that I think would yeah. be cool in that scenario is like oh, I'm into this kind of music. And you have kids that are total music nerds from all over the country of like, well, here's yeah. this band you for sure never heard of, you know? Especially like for the percussion department too, like major shout outs to the Berkeley percussion department because they're vast, like, first of all, the personnel is amazing. Like all the teachers are great. And just the range of stuff that you can study is so broad. And that's, I mean, where else can you study like South American drum set? You know? Right. <laughs> like <Yeah>. literally. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like shout out to like Mark Walker and all those guys for teaching and like sharing all that stuff. And, you know, um, that was amazing for me. I got to learn so much to just really like expand that whole world of rhythms and stuff, you know, it's like, and so now I, like, you know, I mean, I, the opportunity to have that, that's major, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So Tubby once said, um, it takes four years to get your degree at Berkeley and at least three years to unlearn shit that you've learned at Berkeley. What do you think he meant by that? <laughs> um, I mean, it is so it's very like sort of competitive and sort of, you know, emulates the business in a way of like, it's like, you know, like there's not room for everyone to be a star and not everyone is going to be a star. 
Um, but some people are going to like be that, fill that position, whatever that means, regardless of talent. And also it's like, you're young when you're in school. So it's like, and you're, you know, but I mean, I met Stefan the first day I moved to Berkeley. First person. That's so crazy, dude. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, so you can definitely find your people like hundred percent. Um, there is everything there. Um, and there's a lot of great opportunities, really what you do with it, you know? Um, I know, and I can remember Stefan saying this too. It's like, it's young to be in a place of that like caliber. You don't know what you're doing. It's your college experience. It's like, you're going to party maybe. I mean, it's not a, even a huge party school, but like, you know, you're going to- Bunch of college kids. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a huge college town. Um, so, you know, there's that whole element, but, you know, we would- have parties and play at them and play music and that was yeah. a party you know what and sounds what sounds so cool about it too is i like which is you know when i have stefan i'm i'm excited to talk about that of like um you know it just seems like if you're a white kid that comes from north carolina but for some reason you love funk music you know like i would imagine it would be hard you might have a couple buddies that'd be like yeah george clinton's dope but to be like, no, man, I love this shit, you know, and to be able to go to a place where you could be like, oh, I can literally take funk guitar, you know, like, yeah, the, the fact that that would be on the table for people and like, and hearing very much so <laughs> hearing people talk about like reggae ensemble, Stevie Wonder ensemble and like, you know, yeah. I, I feel like music in high school is so like the thing that I, that always kind of pushed me away from it was like, um, you know, and to no fault of, of any school or anything, but like when you're listening to Charlie Parker and shit like that, and then you hear like the jazz that like a high school jazz band is playing, you're like, nah, that yeah. isn't, isn't, that's, you know, I like Bill Evans and this is kind yeah. of goofy. Well, <laughs> you know? and, I, and like, I never really wanted to do jazz in terms of like a conservatory or whatever. And I sure. didn't apply to any schools for that. Um, actually only other like thing I did apply for was more, um, engineering. That was more what I was sort of, I was sort of like, I didn't exactly know. I knew I liked playing drums, but it wasn't like, you know, I was just like, yeah, I like playing drums. Let's apply here and let's go. I've been doing this. It's fun. I've had my own bands, whatever. And I did like, it was like that a content, it was a contemporary, not only jazz or yes. classical, like you know, aside from the other performance things, it's like engineering and business and all that other stuff. That's yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, dude, that's so common to <laughs> you just hit a symbol. Is that what that was? Yeah. I keep moving my arms. So I kept moving them more. And then I, yeah. I feel like it's, it's like, yeah, that's, that is another cool thing about the idea of a school like Berkeley is I feel like there's a lot of kids like Carl, who is a great musician. I think when he found engineering and like being behind oh. the computer for sessions yeah i think he kind of was like "Ooh, i might even like this a little bit more than i like playing oh you yeah know? and i totally understand that and now 20 years ago that was that now it's like i can do that for less than five grand or three grand and that's a major like corner of my business that i gotta have on lock if i'm gonna be a freelance musician yes fill in the blank whatever yeah yeah but yeah i totally agree with that that i mean that that stuff is so valuable and yeah like, and and for me i god that shit is just so not, not yeah and and that's the kind of thing that i've that i've realized over the past five plus years of like you know of uh, of just being in sessions and hearing overhearing the conversations of like wow that is a whole fucking language you know, like there's a lot going on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and I think most people don't even realize when they're listening to a record of like, just how much goes into like where the fuck to put a microphone to make it sound good. Yeah. Or how many microphones and where to point them and what distance to keep them. And, you know, yeah. so wild. Yeah. It's very subjective. And also there's like a very non-subjective sort of science behind it, but like the moves you make, from those you know uh algorithms or whatever those like that's all art 
Yeah. You know, but it's built from science, which is yeah. sort of wild too, you know? So there's definitely things you need to know rules. These are the way these things work. And especially like now that we have whatever this workflow and this digital age, but also from there, it's like, if you put the mic over there and it sounds good, then keep it. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to ask you, um, you know, I think the thing that's so cool about our band is that everyone is from a completely different place. Mm -hmm. Um, and what, so what was really interesting about COVID, um, I feel like everyone kind of knows people in different parts of the country, but I think it's rare that you have people that are super, super tight and really close friends that they're in constant communication with that live in different parts of the world. And, um, yeah, the thing with all of you guys is that when you're home, that's what you do. You're playing music. Like I remember before COVID you were doing not just lessons, but you were playing a lot. Like yeah. Sundub had a residency. I know you were doing like an Afro thing every day or, you know, a couple times a week. Like you had a legit, when I'm home, I'm playing three, four, five nights a week. Um, so yeah, what was, what was COVID like? Cause you guys were just, it, it felt like New York was kind of ground zero. Mm, yeah. I mean, it was definitely that vibe. People didn't know. I mean, they go straight to like bro blow the bridges. Like, right. <laughs> to be trapped on the island because that's where you are yeah and you're like in the city that every movie is made about and that's you see that image a lot so that was sort of weird it's like you know what's gonna happen right around march you know when all the things were happening so that was definitely like a spooky scenario and toilet paper was gone and all that stuff <laughs> that was so weird <laughs> very weird um and i left the city and went up to New Paltz in upstate New York and was up there from, you know, March to June. Yeah, Damn. definitely the move. Dude, that was those. So for everyone listening, pretty much everyone in Ben's family is a really good musician. His sister is one of my favorite singers. His dad is an amazing drummer. Um, his mom can sing. Yep. And his brother also could play multiple instruments. So during COVID, they was put together this little family band. Oh yeah, and Joanna's husband, killing guitar player. Indeed. Um, and everyone was doing live stream shit, but I feel like it was all kind of lame. And literally the Teeters family band shit, I would get so pumped on because I was like, what are they gonna play? What are they gonna fucking play? You know, it was, fun. It was a good time. Definitely like would have never happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's definitely one thing I, people, I keep hearing people say that, like during that time, it's like, I would have never done this or had this much time with my family or whatever, you know, gone and lived with my whole family for three yeah. months. Like what? Totally. In my totally. regular, not in my regular life. Like, I'm, yeah, of course I love my family, but yeah. Yeah. It just wouldn't have come yeah. up. And yeah. And it's, you know, I, my perspective during that time was so, A, I kind of very secretly was wanting a break, but it's just not something when you're building a band and a brand that you can do, you can't really just be oh. like, Hey guys, would it be cool if I took a year off? Like, yeah, you know, it's just not real. Oh, and be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for us too, like, dude, at the height of COVID, you know, I think there was like, 47 cases in the entire county yeah you know and it's like yeah. so, and everyone's so spread out yeah 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 early yeah none <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it was it was so weird here because life didn't really there was the like two weeks or whatever where everything was like kind of ghost town vibe where every business was closed yeah but other than that man it was pretty i'm doing the same shit i'd always do i was fishing and shooting yeah. guns and doing whatever yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy how locked down New York was, you know what I mean? I Another crazy thing is like, of course you can see it, you can catch the vibe too, but at the same time, it's like New York is so big and crazy anyway that it's like, it changed less than it, you know, changed more, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's still like very New York. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but like- I do, yeah. Like- 
Yeah, man. I mean, COVID. It was it was it was crazy here for a while. So. Yeah, I think anytime like just that situation when you have a population that big and so condensed. Yeah. You know, it's such a such a thing. And too, I think the thing that most people don't people that have never been like people say New York City, but New York is actually like four cities, five cities. Yes. Under one blanket disguised as one city. And it's not really one city. It's like five cities. Yeah. Hundred percent. Brooklyn is like in the top three largest cities in the country, if it were its own. Right. Sure. Like it's pretty large. Yes. And then Manhattan and just such different vibes. Like the first time I came out um, and we stayed with you for a few days that summer. Yeah, dude, I guess I just always, I had only been to Manhattan. So my, anytime I thought of New York, I thought of Manhattan and dude, your neighborhood was so fucking cool of like the little coffee shop, the little Italian guy's yeah. coffee shop, the like giant park, like. It's a vibe. It's definitely a nice area. And actually from COVID now there's a ton more outdoor dining and it's going to stay. So that's actually a plus for sure is like way more European style outdoor, which is how it should be. And they've closed yeah. off roads and they should definitely move toward that direction of just like more walking. We got a great subway system. You don't need you know yeah parking is a nightmare there anyway yeah exactly it's like yeah um, um so let's talk about when you i i think i remember when i made the call for you to join the band it was so funny because there was like months leading up to it where i knew i was going to make the call um and it just kind of happened like very abruptly you know our old drummer literally sent an email and was like hey i quit I was like, oh, sick. But I remember I literally pulled over on the side of uh, a highway in Wyoming and called you. <laughs> um, and all right, wait, let's go back. Let's go back before that. When you and I met on the big island of Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ben and I both were playing the first Flow Fest, which is this kind of crazy festival in the middle of a lava field in Pune. Um, yeah. So weird, really. Um, but it was like really magical. For me, what was cool was I was just kind of starting out. I was like two years into Satsung and, you know, I was a huge fan of Tubby and I was a huge fan of Trevor and a huge fan of Chris Berry. So when we got asked to play for free, I was like, yep we'll be there. Like, I just wanted to hang out with everybody. Um, and it's crazy what came from that little trip of like, you know, that was really where Trevor you and I's do. friendship began, began. That was where like me and you first became yeah, buddies. Totally. Me and Reed, like I just, so many of my relationships in me my too. current, like musical family started on that trip. Me too, in a way. Definitely. Yeah. So what got you down there? Cause I know you guys were working on the flow record. Yeah, it was pretty much that. Like I was in Hawaii that previous, uh, what was it, November, I guess, with Cass. And then I ended up staying for like a month or two and then came back for Flowfest. And that's pretty much, I forget exactly who I was there with, but I was playing with everyone, really. Yeah, you did. You, I, I think you literally played... 97% of the sets that occurred at that festival. I definitely remember I definitely remember playing like six sets in a row. Yeah, I don't think you yeah, that first day Many. I don't think you left the drum kit. That was fun, man. I never do that anymore. Yeah. Like marathon like yeah, for free for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and cool cuz then, you know, I mean, doesn't always end up becoming like a network, but in that case, yeah, that was flowing vibes. And and a lot of like different different vibe shit too. And I remember, yeah. um, yeah, I I just remember too. That was the first time. I guess I had, I guess I that I watched a drummer that I was like, whoa, that guy is fucking good. Like oh, I usually. Okay. Well, I previously never really noticed drummers. It was like, well, if a drummer's good, you shouldn't notice him, right? He's just like back there doing his job. But I spent so much time either right behind the stage or on the side. Yeah. 
that's the just... thing. Like you can stand right there. It's a yeah. cool like, view to like. Yeah, that was a lot. Of, that was fun. I remember playing. Just playing that much is like feels good. You know, you you never takes a minute. You don't get that zone when you play for an hour. When you no. play for four hours, you're in a different zone. Yeah, I feel like Project like, Earth. The sure. the first couple Project Earths too. You were always that guy that was just like, oh, Ben's playing drums for fucking seven people this weekend. Yeah, I mean that was fun. Again, I'll keep saying that. And but yeah playing you know i practice still but that's a good man play seven hours man come on let's go like really like other shit starts to happen when you i mean you know start and stop playing different sets playing songs that you don't know trying to like figure out what's going on and perform whatever but man yeah playing for seven hours this is a challenge let's do it totally yeah and yeah you kind of like marathon yeah and you get it like a physical thing man that's like that's a that's an endurance like pacing activity (laughs) yeah total yeah i remember that that um the flow set which was like such to me dude was just such a fucking super group was you on drums will lidgate playing fucking bass who is just a monster tubby playing guitar and singing and chris berry as a front man just at that time and still but at that time especially i was like this is literally a dream team band to me like that's a cool band for sure <laughs> yeah dude very cool dude so Prime cool very like you know working the whatever dude we've talked about it i've <laughs> never seen most people don't know who chris berry is which is such a shame because i should get him on here i know dude yeah i should that would be a wild, a That's wild a chat. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Chris Berry. <laughs> the legend, man. He, uh, yeah, watching him that night, I guess it, it, um, it really inspired me to go like, A, not just throwing a band together, but like very intentionally picking quality musicians is crucial. Mm. But two, the, the power that you can kind of call in mm. um, and, and that your job as a front man isn't just to be like, oh, I'm the one singing the songs, but really you were a vibe coordinator and like- Yes, you more, certainly are. You know, you and he, he does power. that. He fucking, oh my God, dude, the way he was, he just, I'd, I'd never seen anything like it was just like, oh, you're literally an yeah. orchestra conductor and this crowd is your symphony. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I've thought about this sort of a lot recently. Um, but yeah, that is a super powerful position to be in. And it's easier to like ruin someone's night because you can just you could scream in the microphone and freak out and everyone's night would be screwed and they'd totally. everyone would have to drive home. They'd be <laughs> pissed off. They'd be like, damn, that was weird. Like this sucks. Yeah. And that's a that's a lot of power to have. Um, and then conversely like to have to make someone's night like so good is like such a it's it's just a very powerful spot to be in and I, and it's easier to do it not well but like yeah. really like lock it in and like make it like amazing yeah it's just a powerful spot to be in yeah you're, you're a, like holding a lot of people's evenings in your hand that's a wild way to <laughs> think of it yeah it's like at any moment i could just start bashing my drums and freak out and just ruin (laughs) everything (laughs) like right in the middle of the song in the most prime moment where everyone's like oh this is so i could i am the 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 part i am when we guess what it's not guys (laughs) everyone leave now it's just a power and you know i'm not going to do that no one wants to do that but that's the reality sort of and that's a lot of things maybe, but yeah, no, it's a trip, dude. And I think about that too, of like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's made me, especially now that the band is so big and full of like, it's given me a lot of room to, to settle into that of like, okay, cool. Cause when it was a trio, dude, I was just like, okay, I'm kind of always trying to play two guitar parts at one time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, where now I feel like, 
you guys all being there and everyone holding their thing down, like you said, and not freaking out. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> it really allows this magic space to, to kind of conduct yeah. the vibe. Yeah, totally. Dude, I had a moment where I like, I, where I felt like that might've happened. I forget where it was on this tour. I think maybe Cincinnati. This woman kept screaming songs at me. And I was like, don't worry, we'll get there. And then she kept screaming anyway. And I was like, okay, please stop yelling at me. And it, like, and I had ears on. So like everyone afterwards was like, no, that wasn't weird at all. But it kind of in my head, I was like, oh shit, did I just do the thing you said? Like, did I just push the needle off the record, you know? And like make everyone be like, yeah. oh, what the, what the mm -hmm. fuck was that? <laughs> but it's so hard. Cause it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm always kind of conscious of that. Of like, there's so many things that pop in my, in my head. And like, like, you know, too, when you're on stage, especially deep into a tour where you just are so comfortable in the songs, you start watching the crowd and you start noticing people doing weird things. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I always struggle sometimes to be like, man, like, where's the line of like, yeah. this man just like straight fucking butt chugging a joint and blowing all the smoke onto Stefan. It's like, do I say something or do we just let it ride? Like, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny when you have like that and then you're trying to like you know be in that place of like my mind isn't straying I'm like in that yep. in that perfect spot of like paying attention you know that flow state or whatever where you're just like on that perfect but yeah then you have someone just like you being know absurd <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. like okay well that's the vibe too yeah yeah but oh, yeah it's, it's a whole thing and Dude, what what's yeah. been re really cool since adding Parker is like I I feel like this last tour um or fall tour I guess I I feel like it, especially the second half like Stefan and Parker started kind of finding this groove together hmm. and now that the sound is bigger like I've told you I lock up with you now like and Stefan and I were talking about this. Like, I think the reason the band is starting to hit this very deep pocket when we play is Stefan's like, well, I'm always locked up with you. So it's like, it's this weird, like, um, circle and line, like web graph. Cause it's like, I'm super locked in with you. And I'm using my guitar as like a drum kit. Like I'm playing a drum kit with you. Carl is playing bass. So he's obviously locked with you. Mm. And then Parker and Stefan are locked into me. So it's just, I've been thinking about it and it's like such this weird circuit board yeah. of like, if you, if you aren't holding it down, then like the whole thing would kind of fall apart, which is such a weird thing to think about. It would like, in the like listen from the listener's sense but like i prefer to think about it as like i would just i would my part would be gone but y'all would be right there yeah y'all can lock in without me i mean you're not used to doing it without me but that's uh that's a good way to think about it i think you know what i mean it's like yeah i wish he was here <laughs> yeah, I, am there. I am there most of the time yeah but like the band is so solid that like yeah yeah it's the such falls out which it won't the which it won't <laughs> i promise out. i won't make it fall out <laughs> yeah but yeah man i mean we totally lock in and that's the whole thing you know it's like everyone paying attention in that way you know what i mean it's yeah and it allows to like what what becomes cool too is like like you were saying eventually that paying attention becomes like the flow state yeah you're just like oh we're all moving this thing along together like dude yeah we've had some moments on stage so wild to me man like just have it's always been my dream to have such a good band um and like every night like regardless what's going on during the day regardless of how stressed i am about xyz about seven seconds into the first song i'm just like fuck yeah like okay cool now we get to like hang out here for a couple hours you know and yeah yeah I mean, it's just such a magic vibe dude yeah especially after the arduous day of the things <laughs> leading up to that 
driving and hunger oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah. horniness. Hunger. <laughs> yeah. And the songs like evolve too, especially over tour. And as you play them and as the band learns how to play with each other, as Parker and Stefan get their stuff like tighter and everything gets tighter, like then the songs really like start to breathe and like can really work themselves into like their best sort of form at least live you know totally well i can i can tell you dude like we kind of you know so we had that whole plan where we were all going to go to texas we were all going to make this new record record deal fell apart so kind of got muscled into this like very roots situation where you know a friend of mine was like yeah you can use my cabin and parker and i you know, made these songs and you're playing drums on some of them. But one thing that I will, I don't, I won't do it that way again, because um, the first single, what I am, which we played this whole last tour sounds great. Sounds fucking amazing. But there's stuff like you were saying that kind of transpires live. Yeah. That like, like, um, you know, after that bridge where the core or with that last verse starts, just me, and then mm. we do that like dun 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 and build into yeah, everyone yeah. coming back in. That's not on the record. And I'm like, fuck, man, it just makes it so much better. But it's like we can't go back and fucking retrack six instruments. It's just like not realistic, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, yeah, and like doing, you know, building it sort of from the top down that way is just a different production and will give you a different sound of the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. But- I just am starting to like move into a place of, of trusting. Like that was the biggest thing I got from all right now was like a deep, deep trust for everyone in the band and really just leaning into like, Oh, okay. I write these songs, but like the final product is really everybody's heart and experience and influences like are what makes the, the, that's what makes that song what it is it's like i can go play solo shows and you know yeah it it, but it's just different dude like the the sat song that i am in love with is when everyone is together and everyone is bringing their thing and well and everyone knows their role like more than they like have because everything is filled out in terms of like personnel so like everything is very defined in terms of what everyone you know needs to play in a way or the space they need to fill so now that that sort of structure is set up then it like can like evolve into the fullness of that like arrangement in a way yeah yeah absolutely it gets it starts yeah it it starts to get very cool and i think settling yes and i think the idea of of doing the next record where I send everyone demos and I'm just like, cool, we'll just start live tracking. We'll fucking get together. We'll go to this studio and we'll just start live tracking and go from there. Yeah. That's just like fully the vibe from now on. I feel like it, we're such a live band now that it's like, um, which is exciting to me because I like making good records, but for me, it's about getting people to the shows and people leaving the shows being like, holy fuck. Well, and when the band is, captured as it is sort of live in the studio properly get ready satsang movement yes ready i tell you yeah exactly dude yeah yeah well it's it's cool too because i feel like you know the all of the old songs that people really love it's like you don't even know until you see them live you know, mm-hmm. you have no clue how cool I am and remember John and grow. Like you have no idea how cool those songs are really until you see them live with the five piece band. It's like yeah. It's a very different, whole different animal, you know? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. What was your, what couple questions, what made you say yes when I asked you to be in the band? Um, and what's been your favorite part uh, of being in set song? Um, what made me say yes was that um i was just you know i was playing with seth walker at the time big shout out to seth and great um, songwriter yeah great songwriter blues soul new orleans vibes um and i when you called me the trajectory of the band and the music was you know heating up and it really excited me you know i remember i was in the venue that 
Sundub was playing when you called me. And um, yeah, I was just stoked when you <clears throat> and the network of people between Tubby and Cass and everything. It was like, oh yeah, like this makes sense. Total. You know? Um, and the favorite, my favorite thing I'd say about playing in the band is that you do like give me that sort of creativity and like encourage that you know that sort of eclectic side of stuff and um in terms of you know building parts and just how that can be a cool influence and then sort of on the other side of that is like also trying to not do too much you know what i mean that's like a major proponent of mine in this band not every band i mean well, also, like when we were a trio, like I had to do more because a lot more, yeah, less people. Yeah. So, but yeah, like just playing that part, doing what's necessary, and like really being, just really being solid and not like swaying out of that place of like holding that, holding holding that groove or whatever you know that holding that part that I'm supposed to be holding. So, yeah, that's I love like, that. Yeah, that's my favorite part. I would say of being in the band and the role that i i think you want me to play and i think i need to play for myself and like do play music and the fans like you know you're my also aside from being one of my favorite drummers you are before we go out and play an encore like always my like gavel hit vote is always (laughs) that you go out to hype the crowd for an encore I just go blank. I like black out. <laughs> I don't know what happens. And then when I get back to the drums, I'm like back in. Oh, I love it. Yeah, dude. It's been, um, I don't know, man. You know, I, I can't say enough just how good everyone in the, in the band is. And I think what, what's cool too is to have an idea like, Hey, let's play one way out. And then everyone just like shows up to rehearsal before tour. And it's just like, Oh, cool. You guys are fucking playing one way out right now sick you know like wow um yeah that was a fun one dude and i like the idea of just like i feel like we went through a phase of always doing a tom petty encore and now we're doing almond brothers encores and i just love that of like yeah having having um you know making space to be like okay here is a here's an artist that influenced everyone on stage and we're paying homage to those badasses tonight you know um yeah, I think the other cool thing about our band, like playing ability aside, is like you said, you know, you and Stefan have known each other since you're 18. Mm-hmm. I met Carl when I was 18, um, full roommate band. Yeah. Um, so it's just these like really deep relationships. And then Parker was literally like the first person I became friends with when I moved to Montana. I was working mm. at this coffee shop and I just knew Parker as like, you couldn't really go anywhere in Billings at that time without seeing him on a poster. Like Mm -hmm. he played bass in this band, guitar in this band, drums in this band, you know, like he was just all over the the fucking place. Yeah. He is nasty. Bad man, dad. Yeah. Bad man. And um, so he came into the coffee shop and I was just like, Hey man, I would like to play music with you sometime. And that didn't happen for a long time, but we became friends and, and, and became really, really close. And, um, yeah, I don't even know if I told you this. What was so funny was we forever would be like, especially during COVID, would be like, oh man, we should get together and play. And then we'd end up just like talking the whole time. But the first time we got together to play, which is what made me be like, all right, dude, you should just join the band. Was he, I get there and he had like a banjo out, pedal steel out, guitar, like everything out. And he's like, oh yeah. man, you should play uh, play that Malachi song. And then it was just like playing it on the banjo and then was like, oh, let, play it all right now. I really like that song. And he's just like ripping on the pedal steel. It's like, okay, I see what you've done here. You've learned all of our songs, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, So yeah, dude, just like deep, really easy. Like, I feel like our band is just a really easy hang because we're all so tight. Yeah, definitely. Which yeah. translates on stage too, I think. It's not this like, you know, here is a bunch of hired musicians that I'm not really close with, but they're good at playing. It's like, no, dude, we have fucking fun on stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Look forward to it. So let's let's talk about um Sunda. 
so tell us, tell, tell everybody about your band, Sundub, my favorite reggae band currently alive. Sundub. Sundub. Um, Sundub features my sister, Joanna Teeters on vocals. Um, Eric Toussaint on the keyboard, Finn Singer on the guitar, and Josh Carter on the bass. And yeah, we're a reggae band from Brooklyn. And I play drums and play reggae music. That's the short answer. <laughs> Boom bong. Boom bong. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh I don't know, you know, you and I have talked a lot about it, but like I feel like the current state of modern reggae is kind of weird. Like there's um God, I don't want to sound like a dick, but I'm just going to sound like a dick because I just want to say what I'm going to say. I feel like it, it's very reminiscent of the, um, the, fuck, the like kind of boy band thing, which is this like, here's kind of this rough formula. If you stick to this formula, here's this thing. And I feel like what's kind of been lost in that, not saying that there isn't bands out there that are totally doing it justice, but a, uh, a lot of the, the heavily pushed um reggae currently is kind of formulatic is that even a word formulatic like there's this formula of songwriting and yeah, vibe and, yeah yeah well, and I, yeah totally you're right yeah and is i it, and i yeah. and i i think what what is so obvious and beautiful about sundub is that it's actually steeped and rooted in a deep deep reverence for the art of reggae like it's very authentic and real. It's not like, hey, here's here's this kind of like manufactured version of reggae. It's like, no, this is real reggae music. Like so steeped in like from the drums on up, you know, it's it's so authentic and and real. Um, I appreciate that very much, though. And we sort of, you know, we pride ourselves on, of course, being like an original band, and. Well, we sort of do have like a, some alternate influences, I guess. I guess you could say our biggest influence overall is like foundational, like roots reggae. That's where everything's coming from in a yeah. sense, of like sensibility and like really when you get down to it. There's other stuff that influences the sound. Of course, Joanna's voice is like not your typical quote unquote reggae voice. She has like a soul kind of, for lack of a better description, like soul kind of voice yeah um, of course reggae and solar like same thing again just move yep. the note a little bit or whatever but yeah but yeah in terms of the sensibility and like especially where i'm thinking about it in terms of my drum my drumming of course is like very influenced by that kind of stuff and the older stuff um yeah and but yeah we we just want to make a original like real record you know what i mean real music put on a good performance yeah well and that's and that to me is it is like to me what makes bands uh what makes me fall in love with a band is where i can tell that that was the intention was like yeah there was no sort of thought of like okay well this is really hip right now so let's kind of do this and like there's no tailoring it's like no dude this is like yeah authentic well, from the heart reggae, yeah i mean reggae is like a niche market to begin with so like total <laughs> you know and it's a popular reggae is popular for sure it's more popular than it's ever been in period pretty much yeah um, but you know we're yeah we're doing our thing man we're doing our yeah thing. and and for everyone listening like hey check out sundub um but i think like as a singer myself to me like one of the coolest things that I think a vocalist can have is one of those voices that you can hear from the other room and know who it is. And mm -hmm. like there, to me, there's those key people like, uh, like Otis Redding is a big one for me. When you hear Otis Redding's voice, you know exactly who it is. Trevor Hall is a, is a modern version of that. Like there's no mistake yeah. in that voice. Yeah. yeah. And, and Joanna is that so much, like there's such a cool, like you said, it's like this, like time machine voice of these like vintage jazz singers with a deep modern soul to it like it's so it's so wild such a cool voice yeah we are certainly blessed to have joanna on the team yeah for sure i mean yeah 
and the and the vibe of just um another band like when we played with you guys in brooklyn dude i also just love a band that when you watch them live you can tell they're having a fucking blast and mm. you know yeah. that's some like just characters in your band dude finn and josh are just like two what two of my like it's the delight of one of many delights of coming to new york besides you know flat cumin lamb noodles is like getting to, <laughs> yeah. getting to, to hang with those two boys Certain, certainly some characters, man. We're we're really blessed to have the crew, man. I can't wait to unite the song Sundub once again in the future. Total, man. And that, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, realistic, like down the road is is that would just be such a such a dream tour too, of just hilarity yeah. and giant clouds of smoke permeating from everywhere. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, what are you guys working on right now? I know that you guys had some uh, some kind of cool things transpire recently. Uh, your sweatshirt there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we're working on our second album right now. It's called uh, Spirits Eat Music. Um, that's really the most we've released about it yet right now. It's yet to be uh, determined when we will actually release it. But yeah, it's our second studio album. Um, we're super, super, super excited about it. We just had a mix session the other day virtually and we're, you know, rounding the last corner of mixing the album and man, so excited, put a lot of work in on this album for the whole year since May. And, uh, yeah, man, we're just super excited because our first album we recorded in like three days Yeah, and it was like 12 days in the studio plus, months of post-production and overdubs and fine-tuning with the, like mini comb like yes beep, beep, okay beep. yeah so we're yeah man i'm just it's like very 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 excited to finally be getting done with this record and putting it out with uh easy star records as well so yeah which is you know for modern reggae dude just such a legendary crew yeah. um you know, Easy Star, I think, too, is always, you know, when Easy Star started, I feel like that was kind of the the go-to to find good modern reggae and, like, kind of stay hip in the scene. And they've always done a good job of, of giving nods to different, um, you know, different facets of reggae culture. Because, you know, I feel like that was where you and I first connected is, is like I said, is just the deep, deep love of, of all of that shit from, like, you know, the reggae I grew up on was because all my my sister's friends were all skinheads. So it was all that super old rock steady shit, you know, and, um, you know, like you and I joked about, I, I spent most of my late teens and early 20s thinking that the slackers, you know, sold out MSG. I just thought they were huge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and the agri-lights and, and I say all that to say, like, Easy Star has always done good to to give looks and, and love to, to all different yeah. zones of reggae music, you know? Yeah. We're stoked to be working with them and the fact that they're in New York and like, that's just like binoculars. binoculars. Total, yeah. total. I love it. Um, well, dude, is yeah. there anything, anything else you want to tell the people about? Man. Um, what else do I want to tell the people about? I'm just looking forward to getting, getting the world opened up even more than it is again and things back even you know on track continuing down the road and with the band and you know seeing people at shows and doing it bigger and better every every year and every every time we go out so yeah this fall is going to be rad man like the venues that we're playing like yeah dude i i hope uh i hope everybody comes out because they are big rooms <laughs> they're big rooms uh and we're getting a and we're getting a bus a, a bus junior <laughs> so that'll be a that'll be a whole different vibe dude um Indeed. over overnight rides mm -hmm. um well dude i love you so much i can't wait to see uh which i guess cali roots is when we will next unite awesome man yeah thank you so much for having me on the the cast yeah um, man it's uh really great to talk in long long form with you total total dude yeah <laughs> and i look forward to the reggae fest in uh, may and yeah 
Thanks. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, dude. I love you. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds All right. good. See you, bro. All right, y'all. That was the man, the myth, the legend, banging Ben Teeters. Um, next week on the podcast, we're going to have one of our guitar players, Mr. Stefan Kalander, um, little southern boy, um, gospelman, um, funkman, uh, f- probably the funniest motherfucker I've ever known in my entire life, too. So uh, I'm excited to have all the boys on here, man. They all have such interesting stories. Um, and, you know, for me as an artist, it's always really cool to hear how people got into the arts. I mean, it's such a weird thing to throw caution and security and logic to the wind and say, nope, I'm putting all of my energy into creating art and it will just make a way for me. So I love hearing those stories of people. Um, so, yeah, tune in next week and the week after. Um, I also have some really, really cool guests lined up after we get all the boys on here that I'm really excited about. Um, working on getting Mike Love on here and then the baddest female bare knuckle boxer on the planet. Um, so, yeah, we got some cool episodes coming up before uh, before tour season picks back up again. But I love y'all. And as always, head to onnit.com. Use code SATSUNG at checkout. There's so many amazing supplements there that can be used. Um, yeah, doesn't matter what your needs are. If you're a fitness fanatic or if you're just someone that wants to make sure you're getting all the key trace minerals that you need for your body to work well, head to audit.com. Use code SATSUNG. I love y'all. And we will talk to you next week. God bless you.